We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back to another episode of the pack a day podcast you can get all your pack a day updates by following us on twitter at pack a day podcast remember you can always subscribe to the podcast on apple Podcasts, google play tune in stitcher or spotify and of course you can always check us out over at cheeseheadtv.com I'm Kyle Fellows, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Andrew Mertig and Maggie Loney. We're back for another Friday edition of the podcast. How are you guys? Andrew's got a mischievous look on his face, and I'm really nervous about what he might say right now. (laughs) Why do you have to say that? We're not doing video this week. I was just going to say, like, I am just so relieved to finally have this Aaron Rodgers trade behind us. It's done we're good. We can move forward with our lives. Okay, well, never mind. This is going to be my shtick till it's done. So we may have one more week of this, at least. It's fine. Kyle, life is chaos. <laughs> but I will say this. Like, we're one week away from the draft. And so of all of the craziness, last year at this time, I was planning to move across the country, right? Like, I was selling a place and and uh, thinking about starting a new job and packing all of my things. And somehow this year is busier than that. But still, like, I have the draft to look forward to. It's my safe space, and, <laughs> and I'm really looking forward to that. So, Maggie, after that long, torrid introduction, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. Andrew, thanks for coming on Facts with She Said earlier this week. That was a lot of fun. Um yeah, I can't believe we're one week away from the draft. That's kind of crazy. It feels like there's so much lead up and we do all this prep and all this analysis and then the draft like flies by too quickly and we're like, okay, well now what do we do for the next like 362 <laughs> days or whatever? There is Yeah, like- it was amazing being on PAX, which you said, just, just FYI. Thank you very much for having me. I feel like I made so much more sense uh, during that period of time than I ever do on these episodes, <laughs> but you know. That's that's because Kyle is a bad influence. On <laughs> I was going to say, it's the company for sure. But in response to what Maggie was saying, it does feel like after the draft, there's like that like subtle depression of like, I just studied like a hundred and some players at least and only like, what, like eight, 
of them end up being Packers, and it's like this little bit of letdown. And like, what do we do now? We just have to move on. But we are one week away from the 2023 NFL draft. We are finally on the home stretch, and we are excited for a really fun show today. Later on in the episode, we're going to be doing something called 10 Minutes on the Clock. It's one of our favorite simulations that we do during the lead up to the draft every single year. But first, we've got to have a conversation about cornerbacks. Uh, if you've been listening to the Pack a Day podcast, you know we've been doing our best to cover as many of these 2023 draft prospects as we can to help you get ready for draft weekend. And so today is all about the corners. Brian Gutekunst has drafted two of them in the first round since 2018. I think a lot of people would probably be surprised if they selected another one here in the first round of this year's draft. But it's a good corner class. So you never know. There's a chance that the top guy that's available ends up being a corner, and that would certainly tempt the Packers. So let's go ahead and just jump in here, guys, to this corner conversation. Maggie, let's start at the top with the Oregon Duck, Christian Gonzalez. Yeah, so I think to call him an elite athlete would really kind of be putting it lightly. It's almost like doing a disservice to him when you just say he's an elite athlete. He's got a 9.95 relative athletic score, broke the combine, had an 11-foot broad jump, 41.5-inch vertical, 43840. And that athleticism really runs in his family. His dad played semi-pro basketball and his older sisters were all American track stars. So he's kind of that, he's the Draft Network's fifth overall prospect and he's got all of the raw skills to be that kind of CB1 at the next level. He had a breakout season when he transferred to Oregon. His junior season had four interceptions and seven passes defensed. And he's on Bruce Feldman's freaks list. Really good tackler to back up that athleticism too. So it's not just like, you know, this raw athleticism. He's got a lot of natural talent there as well. Really good instincts. And he looks natural in his back pedal, which can be kind of tricky for some corners. So seen a few scouts kind of saying that he'd fit in well at safety too, given his ability to make those big hits from the box. But with that combination that he has of side and speed, you absolutely want to give him all of his opportunities to succeed as a starting boundary corner. He definitely, I mean, <laughs> barring anything crazy happening, he won't be there at 15. But if he happened to like somehow slide into Green Bay's range, it would be, I think, to me, a no-brainer pick for the Packers, even though we feel like they're pretty set at corner. And I don't think Packers fans want to see them take another corner. He's just everything they would value in a prospect. Yeah, I think Christian Gonzalez sort of makes the positional need go out the window because he's just such an elite prospect in a draft that kind of lacks a, a, a lot of elite prospects. So um, I'm going to talk about Joey Porter Jr. out of Penn State. Um, I do have Joey Porter Jr. as cornerback two and then my overall prospect six. And I'll, I'll kind of talk about why um, a lot of teams may not have him quite that high. But, you know, Porter is possibly the longest corner I've ever scouted. He's really dynamic athlete. Um, he has nice ball skills. He's fantastic in press coverage. Um, and he is surprisingly good at flipping his hips and, and turning and running, at least in a straight line. His length masks a lot of issues that he would have in zone, but he's honestly like really, really instinctual on top of being tall and long. And if asked to play off coverage, I think he would have a little bit of issues. He does struggle mirroring because he's a little stiff in the hips. Definitely a physical and willing tackler, though he's not always the best at getting off blocks. You'd think that would be like a super elite skill of his. Still learning a little bit there, but the desire. Um, you can definitely see his dad in, in his game a little bit as a, a hitter and, and the physicality that he plays with. He is a really fun ball of clay. Some team is going to fall in love with him in the first. Like The Seahawks typically don't take cornerbacks in the first, but if you play a cover three and you're looking for big, long, physical corners, Joey Porter Jr. is as good as they're ever going to come from a draft prospect point of view. Um, I think, you know... The Seahawks don't draft their corners high because you can usually get a Tariq Woolen a little bit later in the draft and you don't have to take Joey Porter Jr. But if you're a team that's going to play cover three or if you're going to play a ton of press man, uh, Porter Jr. is somebody that you should absolutely want. Whereas Christian Gonzalez is much more scheme versatile. I think Porter can be that top notch corner prospect for teams that have specific schemes. That being said, not sure he would be a really great fit with Green Bay. 
That's what I was going to ask you. I was going to ask. He feels like the great prospect, but maybe the guy that doesn't fit what the Packers naturally ask their corners to he's, do. He's the anti-Jair. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. they're both they're both really fun, just like completely opposite skill sets. Well, and Packers fans spend half their time asking the Packers to let their corners press more, and like that's ex- <laughs> like that's exactly like what he should Surreal. be doing. So it feels like either a defensive philosophy flip would have to happen, or something if you were going to take a player like Porter Jr. But really fun prospect. Um, for me, I'm going to jump in here to Devon Witherspoon. Uh, from Illinois, he's five foot eleven and a half, 185 pounds, 180 at the combine, but threw on an extra five pounds at his pro day. For me, it's close between him and Gonzalez, but Witherspoon might be my favorite corner in the whole class. He was a zero star recruit and definitely plays like a guy who has that chip on his shoulder. Really special uh, player in co- coverage. It's rare that the receiver that he's playing against has the opportunity to make a catch that is uncontested. He's not afraid to hit you and just has a bunch of impressive tackles on tape. He just plays kind of with a junkyard dog mentality, I think is the way that I would say it when you when you play. It's kind of rare for a corner, I guess, in today's game. But uh, he also has a knack for finding the football and has shown good hands to make plays um, on the ball as well. He can be a little bit grabby. He was penalized uh, a little bit more than you would like. Uh, overall, you just see a really impressive, aggressive, instinctive corner who can likely play outside or inside if you're okay with the size. Uh, his coaches rave about his IQ as well, football IQ. He gets a lot of special teams experience as well. So just lots to love overall. I'm not sure that the Packers are going to love that he's 185 pounds, but this is a really, really good football player and that I would take him in a heartbeat at 15 if you were on the board. Uh, I actually kind of think the Lions are going to like him a lot. And I think he might be a fit there at six, which I would absolutely hate because I love him so much. Yeah, if the Packers aren't going to like Witherspoon at 185, then they're really going to hate the guy that I'm going to talk about, who is Emmanuel (laughs) Forbes out of Mississippi State. He is another gifted athlete who just happens to weigh in at 166 pounds. And I think because of that, you can probably cross him off of your big board Packers fans because... Jair was like on the cusp for them. And he, I think was 196 when he was drafted. And, you know, the Packers have that preferred metric of like a right around 200 pounds. So that said, I'm pretty high on him. I think he's one of my favorites in this class might be higher on him than a lot of people, but you know, he's, he's really physical and I think almost too aggressive sometimes, um, which you might not really expect from somebody who's 166 pounds playing press man, really fluid athlete, blazing 435 speed soft hands 14 career interceptions and has returned six of those for touchdowns one came against Willevis in 2022 had 20 passes defensed in those three seasons at Mississippi State so he's a really like high risk high reward kind of player where you know he's got those six interceptions that he returned for touchdowns but he'll also take chances that will put him in not the best spot at times so you know for every kind of maybe miscue he makes um he can also make a big play that changes the trajectory of the game. So 2022 consensus All-American, really high upside, could come in and be a day one starter for a team. Just as much as I would like it, don't think that team's going to be the Packers because he is very slight. I feel like every few years we have a prospect uh, like Trayvon Diggs or Marcus Peters, and I think Emmanuel Forbes fits in that category that you're you're going to absolutely love when he's making plays, uh, but you're going to absolutely hate when he's having plays made against him. And, you know, you you just hope that the gambler mentality uh, pays off a few more times than it doesn't. Um, so that that is a, a really interesting one as well. Uh, I'm going to talk about Cam Smith, the corner out of South Carolina. I actually have Cam Smith as my third corner. Um, he's really sticky in coverage. He's got great hips, great acceleration speed. He's not super long like some of the other corners in this class, but he has some of the best change of direction and mirroring. Um, and I certainly would like his ball skills to be a little bit better, but he is willing and aggressive as a tackler. Um, his size is a little bit of, of a limiting factor, so he does miss some tackles. Um, he did have a bunch of grabby penalties this year, and that's probably one of the, the concerns that is going to, um, you know, make him not a, a first-round pick necessarily. But 
Um, I think there's enough there that that can be cleaned up, that he can trust his change of movement and change of direction skills enough that he doesn't need to be somebody who is so physical with wide receivers. Uh, He was somebody that was starting to get a little bit of buzz early in the draft process and then has seemingly slid off. I think he's probably comfortably a uh, second round pick, um, but he has a lot of really intriguing skills. He just doesn't necessarily have the ideal size that somebody like Christian Gonzalez or Joy Porter does. Um, and not necessarily the the ball production that a player like Emmanuel Forbes does. All right, so my next guy here is kind of a homer pick as someone who is from Michigan, but uh, DJ Turner from University of Michigan, 5'11", 178. We got all these guys who are just a little bit on the lighter side, but uh, Turner is a fluid athlete with elite speed, and you love that the speed isn't just linear with Turner. He's got the oily hips to change directions with ease, Of course, you wish he was a little bit bigger, and the bigger receivers have given him a little bit of trouble, but size and length are really the only things that you don't like, and maybe other people feel differently, but uh, he can play inside and outside. While he may be best suited for the slot in the NFL, it's an interesting projection because the majority of his snaps were outside at Michigan, so that may be a little bit of a question someone has when evaluating Turner, but he's super sticky in coverage and plays really with great technique and above average instincts. So he's my CB6, and I'd be happy to take him at 45 if he were on the board at that point. Yeah, so I've got Deontay Banks out of Maryland, and you guys are just giving me all of the freakiest athletes to talk about today. (laughs) He has the perfect 10 relative athletic score, great size, 6'197", really physical. He kind of wants to bully receivers sticky in coverage and has nice fluidity in his movements to make a break on the ball or to contest the catch point. Kyle just used the term oily hips. And I think that like really fits for banks. I mean, I, I see that term a lot when you're talking about corners and for banks, it's fitting. I think he's got a really natural ability to maneuver around receivers and stick with them and maintain, you know, his position, which is really impressive. The biggest thing I think you're looking for with him is consistency. When he gets to the NFL level, he wins a lot with athleticism because he's a freak athlete. We're just talking about this. And you want to see him continue to kind of develop a lot of that technique at the pro level. He only had two picks and 11 passes defensed in college. So I think you want to see him work on some of those ball skills too. But that pure athleticism and the natural ability that he has to play the position give you a lot to work with. So I think he's for sure a first round pick and I'd be surprised if he was available in the early second. Yeah. Banks is somebody that um, the rumors have it is shooting up draft boards. And I would not be surprised to see him picked uh, in the late teens, early twenties, or maybe somebody shocks us and he goes even a little bit earlier than that. Uh, I'm going to combine three players together here. um, And that's Clark Phillips, the third out of Utah, Keely Ringo out of Georgia and Julius Brents out of Kansas state. And uh, Clark Phillips III is definitely going to get my Jair Alexander Award for this season. He's he's undersized, but man, he plays hard with a lot of impact. He's fast. He's quick. Um, his ball skills are really phenomenal. He had a ton of interceptions and quite a few pick sixes in college. He displays tremendous recovery speed. He's best in man. Um, I really do think he is good on the outside, um, but potentially great in the slot. He's instinctive enough in zone, but his lack of length does become an issue at times. He's a willing hitter and tackler. There are times when he he can struggle to get off blocks um, and and tackling bigger and stronger players. But there are some blow-up plays where he beats the blocker with quickness and then absolutely sticks someone um, and then, you know, there's some of that swaggy stuff after the play that we saw with Jair. Um, so, you know, sign me up for adding this guy to your locker room. I would absolutely be in love with Clark Phillips as a pick for the Packers. Uh, Keely Ringo is big. He's 6'2". Good frame. Will be one of the best straight line speed guys. But there won't be many receivers in the NFL who can, like, physically outmatch Ringo. Where he struggles is downshifting, changing directions. I think smaller, quicker receivers and ones who run really crisp routes are going to get him in trouble. He's pretty good in press. I'd avoid playing off man altogether, but he could be a really good cover three or a press man corner. I also like his ball skills. Uh, he's a willing and able, able, able tackler. Did I say that right? I don't know. Uh, Keely Ringo, to me, is kind of like the day two equivalent of Joey Porter Jr. He's just a little bit smaller, 
a little bit uh, less refined, um, but Ringo brings a lot to the table. And then speaking of big corners, uh, we got Julius Brents, who I would describe as a huge corner. Uh, he's a good tackler, provides size and length with, um, you know, not many other corners in the entire league are, are going to uh, be able to compare size-wise. He does play the ball well. He definitely struggles to flip his hips and run with smaller players. This is a problem we always see with big corners. Um, he doesn't necessarily appear to have super great straight line speed. And again, I put him in a cover three and reap the benefits. He may struggle in some other schemes. So this is a guy who probably ends up going in the third round of the Seattle Seahawks and then, you know, becoming a borderline pro bowler for the next six years. So lots of interesting names here. I wasn't the biggest fan of Keely Ringo uh, at 6'2", 210 pounds. You do love the size, like you mentioned. Um, you mentioned the linear speed. He's just, he's pretty stiff to me. He's physical and you love that, but there's just so many good corners in this class. I want someone who's a little bit more fluid, especially in the range where he's probably going to get drafted. I think he's probably still a late one, early two pick. Uh, but Ringo's super young. He's still 20 years old when he gets drafted. So like, that's intriguing. Uh, with Clark Phillips, Andrew mentioned that the size is the problem there. But you, what you love about Phillips are the instincts and the playmaking ability. He's got those things in spades, and he really does play bigger than he measures. Uh, Slot's probably his home in the NFL, but he's just a playmaker. You just wish he was a little bit bigger, had a little bit more of an athletic profile. His RAS is only a 5.6, so that could be a problem for the Packers. But his coaches rave about his work ethic, football character. He's just someone you want on your team and your locker room, and you figure out maybe the you know athletic and size deficiencies. But Julius Brents is an interesting one. He tests like a freak, right? Like 9.9 RAS. He's kind of a zone corner, like you said. He tested really well um, with the agilities, but I don't know that he really showed that fluid movement on tape, so a little bit of a discrepancy there. He's an interesting case. I've seen a decent amount of buzz about moving him to safety, and I honestly don't hate that. His best traits are his instincts and his ball skills. And you mentioned that he's a pretty good tackler. So I think he has the profile to make the move to safety for sure. Although I'm sure that a cover three team that wants to play him at corner probably takes him a little bit higher than a team that wants to convert him to safety. So he's probably a corner at the end of the day. So my question then is, are we just going to pencil in Ringo as a Packer, like Sharpie that in maybe? He's met with the team. He's 20 years old, great size, elite athleticism, Georgia Bulldog. Per PFF, he did have nine penalties called against him in 2022, so there are obviously things that you need to clean up there. Um, but I like how the Georgia defense used him. I mean, brought him on some cornerback blitzes, let him blow up some plays, so I thought he was really fun. Yeah, early on in the process, Ringo, to me, felt like that, like, I don't know. I'm not the biggest Ringo fan, so like, oh no, this is going to be the next Packer pick kind of thing, but... If you're like me and you don't love Ringo, I feel like we've been saved by the three-cone time <laughs> because I think, honestly, he's still running it, okay? He ran a 7.21 three-cone that's well below what the Packers prefer there traditionally. Um, I don't want to say the word thresholds because Andrew's just going to get all upset on the podcast. But um, other than that, I mean, other than that three-cone time, he definitely screams Packers pick, young, Georgia, you know, freak athlete. But... Uh, Maggie, what did you think of the Phillips and uh, Brents? Yeah, so I'm not sure what really I can add about Phillips. I think he's undersized, obviously, for Green Bay. But incredible instincts would be a force in the slot. Um, could definitely see him. have Like, I think he has the ability to play outside in certain packages. But phenomenal nose for the football and ability to get in position for contested catches, despite that size he has. So with Brents, I think it's kind of funny that his quote-unquote slow rest time um, or his 40 time of a four or five, three is probably the only thing keeping him from that elusive 10 that we talked about earlier with banks. He, his broad jump was 11 feet, six inches, which is just insane. 34 inch arms definitely has the ability to get physical with receivers who like to get physical back. You know, the game against TCU with Quentin Johnson, kind of, Quentin Johnston kind of comes to mind there, but hard hitter thumper, definitely a bigger body that might see some challenges against some smaller or shiftier receivers. So on that note, you know, we're going to segue quickly into our day two or three prospects that we love. We've kind of touched on the first potential second rounders. Um, so I'm going to take Corey Trice out of Purdue, another really big body. A lot of the corners that I really love in this class, we've kind of already talked about. So 
I'm going to mention Trice here. 6'3", 206 pounds, 965 relative athletic score with RAS comps to Antonio Cromartie and Patrick Sertan II. So actually, if you change his position to safety, which I've seen kind of a few times with his size, his RAS improves a little bit. It's like a 9.7, 9.75. So he's super physical, you know, which, you know, he'd be great going up against a lot of those bigger wide receivers or tight ends, you know, if you make that move to safety. But the knock here is that he also loses some of that fluidity in his movements because of his massive size. So here's the thing. And Kyle kind of talked about this earlier. Like if we could trust the Packers and we could trust Joe Barry to play press man, Trice would be a dream pick. Like I I would be all over that if a 6-3 corner wanted to come to Green Bay and bully some receivers. But if Barry's going to play heavy zone, then Trice is not going to be your ideal candidate for the Packers or the Packers defense. So really contingent upon the scheme he's going to find himself in. But I do really like his size at the next level. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Yeah, that's another interesting one. A lot of big corners all of a sudden um, coming out in the draft. And I'm going to talk about uh, somebody who's maybe a little bit more traditionally sized, and that is Jacorian Bennett out of Maryland. Maggie, of course, talked about Deontay Banks earlier. Um, Bennett is the quote-unquote other Maryland cornerback. Uh, he's experienced, he's versatile, he plays really smooth. Like, I just love that on tape when a guy looks like a natural mover. Um, I thought on tape he appeared to lack deep speed, but then he went out and ran a 4-3-40 because, you know, I'm an idiot. Uh, he had a 9.58 RAS score, although he did not have any agility testing factoring into that. I always dislike that greatly, like run the agility test, please. Uh, he's a willing and good tackler. He plays the ball well. There is a lot of instinctiveness to his game. He he can be a little tight-hipped, and he can struggle with really quick players, and therefore would have loved to see those agility tests that I talked about. Um, he does get a little grabby at times, but if you take him in the third or fourth round, um, I think you know he's a guy that probably could contribute a little bit as your third corner and then um, you you hope that in a year, maybe he's ready for that starting role. Um, certainly a lot of raw tools there to get really excited about. Okay, so I've got Tyreek Stevenson here out of Miami. He's six foot 
and 198 pounds. I'm kind of cheating here a little bit because I want to talk about Stevenson. I don't know that he's necessarily like one of my favorite prospects or like one of my guys. I like him, but I don't know if I put him way up there. But the Packers have been heavily interested in Stevenson. So I want to talk about him. He's one of the prospects they brought in on a top 30 visit. He's an 8.9 RAS player, so lots of athleticism. He's a very explosive athlete. But it's interesting, like I mentioned with Ringo and some of these other guys, the agility testing is well outside of what the Packers typically prefer at cornerback, especially that elusive three-cone time we keep talking about. So I wonder if Green Bay is considering converting Stevenson to safety. We know that safety in this class is not necessarily a good position, and we know that the Packers have a need at safety. And several people, including Ben Fennell, have mentioned Stevenson as a potential safety in the NFL. But what's even more interesting is that Stevenson has not loved the idea of playing safety in the past. In fact, it was one of the points of tension between himself and Georgia coach Kirby Smart. Uh, Smart wanted him to play at safety, and Stevenson ultimately chose to transfer from Georgia to Miami, where, of course, he is you know, leaving now. Uh, he was told that he could play boundary corner at Miami, so he opted to go there. So obviously the Packers have hosted Tyreek, and I'm curious how those discussions went, because athletically, Stevenson doesn't look like he's a Packers corner, but would he be open to playing safety for them? Or maybe he's kind of more of that nickel defender that's kind of like that hybrid. Maybe we find out the answer. You know, if they draft him and he's announced as a defensive back rather than a corner, maybe that gives us a little bit of a clue. But I think he's definitely a name worth watching because there's been a lot of buzz around Stevenson and the Packers. Yeah, so this is a really deep corner class. I think there's some good top-end talent, but there's also some really fun day two and day three players. And um, the Packers certainly, we would think, would address corner at some point in the draft. So I think those are some interesting names to keep an eye on. And that allows us to transition into the second half of our show. And that is the segment we like to call 10 Minutes on the Clock, formerly known as 15 Minutes on the Clock. (laughs) before the NFL changed the amount of time. Uh, So we've done this as in in the lead up to the draft every year. And I'm really interested to see what happens. We we do a mock of what might be going on in the Packers war room and simulate the 10 minutes that they would be on the clock for their pick at 15. So this year, Maggie is assigned to play the role of Brian Gutekunst with Kyle (laughs) acting as the lead scout. I am going to be the ever important role of person watching the clock and answering the phone. Um, before we place the Packers on the clock, I'll give you an update on what has transpired in the draft thus far. And I just want the listeners to be reassured that unlike the first year we did this, I will not be pretending to be the other GMs and talking in terrible accents. I was really looking forward to that, honestly. Yeah, I know. Uh, we cut that out for a reason. So the, the draft results are in, uh, the Packers, unfortunately didn't get the opportunity to trade up in this one. Uh, but at one, the Panthers took CJ Stroud. The Texans took Bryce Young. The Cardinals go with defensive lineman Jalen Carter. The Colts took quarterback Anthony Richardson. And the Seahawks edge Tyree Wilson. The Lions get edge Will Anderson Jr. Boo, don't like that at all. The Raiders kind of, with a surprise pick here, take wide receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba out of Ohio State. That would be a fun wide receiver duo of Devontae Adams, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. Uh, The Falcons go with quarterback Will Levis. The Bears take offensive lineman Peter Skaronsky. The Eagles get cornered Devin Witherspoon at 10. At 11, the Titans take tackle Paris Johnson Jr. The Texans take edge Nolan Smith. The Jets get cornerback Christian Gonzalez. That's a pretty deep cornerback room there in New York. Um, And then the Patriots go ahead and grab Iowa edge rusher Lucas Van Ness. That is going to put the Packers on the clock at 15. There are some really interesting options out there. We're going to talk through them. After I start the timer, which I should have done like a while ago. Okay, here we go. Da-na-na, da-na-na. That, Kyle, <laughs> was that your jingle? Unenthusiastic. Like, oh my gosh. Kyle, I want to read you. Okay. Somebody else do the sound. Kyle's looking for an audio clip. Do you want me to start discussing who is available? Yes, yeah, let us know who's yeah. available. Okay, so the Packers, uh, at the top of the board, uh, it looks like running back B. John Robinson, wide receiver Quentin Johnston, 
Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, all available. Every tight end is available. Dalton Kincaid, Michael Mayer, Darnell Washington. We've got two tackles at the top of the board. Darnell Wright out of Tennessee, Broderick Jones out of Georgia. A couple of defensive linemen, Kalaja Kansi, Brian Brzee. Uh, Edge, Miles Murphy still out there. Cornerback, Joey Porter Jr., who we, of course, talked about earlier. And safety, Brian Branch. And... The Buccaneers called us before the Patriots were even done making their pick, and they have offered us 19 and their third round pick number 82 to move up to 15. So we'd slide down four spots, pick up a thing. Okay. All right. Well, now it feels official. Now I, I, now I feel like I can talk about it. I wasn't listening at all. I was just trying to find that clip. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm I have no kidding. idea who's available. I'm just kidding. I'm good. Um, GM, Brian, what are we going to do? Oh, God. Okay, well, whatever it is, Packers fans aren't going to like it. Yeah, 100%. Just kidding. No, but I, so if I'm looking at this board, right, and we obviously know that we need wide receiver help, but do we want to take a prospect like Quentin Johnson at 15, knowing that we have that same kind of big body possession receiver dynamic athlete and Christian Watson Zay Flowers is there not really you know somebody that has our desired metrics mm-hmm. there's yeah. some really good there's some really good offensive tackles really mm-hmm. like Darnell Wright also really like Project Jones I love Miles Murphy did not think he would make it to us here at 15 mm-hmm. so that's a very enticing pick um can I can I ask you, Brian? I mean, we've had these conversations, you know, in the lead up to the draft, right? We've done this. We've gone through. We built the big board. We feel good about our guys. Like, are are there are say are there three names that jump out to you here, like that you feel like we've narrowed down to? Yeah, and that I think that's also right why this this Bucks trade is enticing. Historically, we are terrible with our third round picks, but maybe if we had a second third round pick this year, we would hit on at least one of the two, um, which is a a good gamble. But if you think about the value of sliding back for, if we like four players that are on this board, and I personally like four of the players that are on this board, then you think, you know, you're recouping a little bit of value and somebody that you like is on the board. I don't know if there's anybody here that I feel so much more strongly about than everybody else that I would be, terrified to lose them at 15 i think i would be very comfortable going with one of a couple options who are you and we we did uh just just letting you know we have eight minutes left on the clock and we did just get a phone call the new york giants uh, are on the line and they're offering us a trade they're saying they'll give us pick 25 so we're going to slide down 10 spots in the first round but they're going to give us their second so that's pick 57. So with the Bucks, we move down four spots, get a third. With the Giants, we move down 10 spots, but we get a second rounder. Mm. We're better at second round picks than we are at third round picks. <laughs> so um, I, I am curious. What, what You said you, there's four players on the board. I know that takes us to 19. But like if you're if you've got four big names here that you're you're considering, who are those who are those names for you? Well, so if if I'm looking at this in my big board, I'm t- Miles Murphy would be, if I stayed true at 15, Miles Murphy would probably be the player that I would want at 15. Mm-hmm. I would be very comfortable taking either tackle. You have a young quarterback you want to build around him, even though I think the Packers are probably okay at tackle. You know, you, mm-hmm. you always are striving to be better than okay as a general manager of a football team with a young quarterback. Um, I like a couple of the wide receivers, but the wide receivers and the tight ends, it just feels rich to me. It feels like you know, maybe if you take one of these trade options, then you're in kind of that softer spot to take one of the best tight ends in the class. And it is a relatively deep draft when it comes to tight ends. But I think, you know, you talked about recouping some of that value at pick 57 in the second round. That's a really nice spot in this draft in that kind of the 40s and 50s range. So some of these players that we like I don't know if any of the names that Andrew listed for us earlier will be here at 25, but I think there mm. is some value in sliding down and taking some Darnell Washington, I think will be there at 25. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. just yeah. So we did just get another phone call. Uh, and busy, the, 
the Philadelphia Eagles are going to to make us a, a pretty interesting offer. They have pick 30. They want to jump up from pick 30 to pick 15, so they'll get their second top 15 selection. And they're actually offering us a 2024 first-round pick to move down to 30. Interesting. This job gets harder every year. Yeah. This is uh, a little reminiscent of uh, New Orleans 2018. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. We got, we got a time limit here, so I don't want to we got some options on the table. I think we got some good options about trade options. If we stay, Maggie, I think the players that we feel the best about at 15 per our discussions, probably Broderick Jones and Miles Murphy. Um, Darnell Wright fits an interesting need. I think if you're looking to someone who can compete at right tackle right away or Broderick Jones is someone who's like, you know, can play a lot of different places, but maybe more of if you're more concerned about the future. But other than that, I'm with you that I think that there's this board is pretty strong for where I feel like we may end up with a trade back. So, um, I mean, I think the value is there with these trade back options. How are you feeling about, you know, which one you're maybe favoring or two? So when I when I heard the Bucks offer, I was ready to take it. And then we got two equally enticing offers. And um, I think what a lot of these these offers do is they give us leverage, right? You've got 25 and 57, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're picking at 25. You can all of a sudden decide to bundle some of these picks and move back up if there's a player that, mm-hmm. you know, keeps sliding or, you know, the Eagles first round pick in 2024, we have to assume is probably going to be in the late, late 20s. Yeah. You know, if they're contenders in the NFC, which we believe them to be, if mm-hmm. you, you're talking about maybe a 30th pick in the first. So as much as that is useful to to have in your back pocket, you always want first round picks is the value really that significant comparatively. So I don't know. Scout that scout. Yeah. File. Proje- head scout. <laughs> Proje- <laughs> Pro- head, head scout. Um, I like that honor <laughs> assistant to the regional, to the regional scout, yeah, yeah, regional scout. So, um, you know, I mean, projecting forward, I think like next year we'll be in an interesting place where we'll know a little bit more about who Jordan Love is having a second first round pick that we could potentially, you know, use to move up if we were in a place where we wanted to address the quarterback position would be interesting uh, for sure. But I think you're right. You're looking at a pick probably somewhere at best case, probably 25 to 32. Um, 57 is a really valuable pick, and that's this year. You get weapons potentially for Jordan to help him. Uh, with that pick this year. Um, so that's intriguing to me. Uh, I like both scenarios. I think I would do both of those things over picking here at 15 and over taking the small slide to 19. I think the board is strong enough that I feel like you get a great player at 25 and 30. It gets a little thin, but you're still probably in range for one of these tight ends, uh, potentially, if that's where you feel like you want to go. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think the more we kind of talked it out, the the it doesn't sound like we're in love with anybody that's on the board right now. And, you know, if if I had to make a decision standing pat at 15, I would say miles Murphy, but I, I'm not in love with him. Like I was in love with some of the other prospects that have been on the board for us available in previous draft classes. So as ecstatic as, you know, real life Maggie would be about miles Murphy being there. I think that GM Brian Gutekunst slash Maggie realizes that there's value here in in taking a trade and trading back. So then I guess the, the dilemma is do slide the 25 and recoup a second that will be an immediate impact for your young quarterback this year. Mm -hmm. And that kind of evaluation process, or do you want to slide to 30 and recoup a first round pick for next season after you've had an entire year's worth of time to evaluate? If you're asking my humble opinion, (laughs) Assistant um, to the regional scout, Kyle, yes. I like both options. I like the chance to get another offensive weapon potentially for Jordan Love in the second round this year. And I like the potential that if, for instance, we got a deal with the Jets that sent us a pick that was a second in 2024 that could become a first, you now potentially have three first-round picks with unlimited potential to go do whatever you need to do and set your, your you know, like if the Packers are bad next year, if we're bad next year, like maybe we can get up to get the answer at quarterback if we don't have it. Um, but I think I'm probably I'm probably going to take that 
in in this scenario. I'm probably gonna say one minute. I'm probably gonna say in this panicked moment. I'm probably <laughs> I would probably say I'm gonna risk those five slots for a 2024 first, and th- then knowing that I can potentially use maybe that third that we find the useless to move up from 30 to get back into range for the player that I want. All right. So in our panicked final 40 seconds, I'm going to have Andrew call the Jets and demand that they send us pick number 42 for Aaron Rodgers and a conditional second that can turn into a first in 2024. Then I'm going to accept the Eagles offer um, to trade for 30 and the 2024 first knowing that we can bundle 42 and 45 to move around in the first round if we so choose this this year. You did it. 10 seconds left. Let's, let's uh, go. So, <laughs> so we're accepting the Jets. Our, our, that deal is already done. It'll, it'll uh, be in the transactions tomorrow during uh, day two of the NFL draft. And so the Packers moved down to 30. And I did simulate just this situation, just in case. And so the Packers would have the opportunity to pick between tight end Michael Mayer, Darnell Washington, still on the board, and Luke Musgrave. Uh, offensive tackle Darnell Wright slid to go. 30. Surprise, surprise. Dewan Jones, another tackle out of Ohio State. Defensive lineman Mozzie Smith, edge Will McDonald the fourth, and B.J. Ojolari, linebacker Jack Campbell, cornerback Cam Smith. Who are you picking out of out of that uh, laundry list of of prospects at pick thirty? I'm taking a weapon. I think it's either Donald or Washington or you know Michael Mayer, and you know you can argue maybe the pros and cons of taking each. But you know, as, as enticing as Darnell Wright is sliding down to thirty, I think you're you're doing you know the right thing for this offense and getting Jordan Love a weapon. And there's still a lot of depth at corner, at edge available in day two. So not feeling too bad about how the board sits right now. For the sake of finality, I will suggest that we go ahead and make it Darnell Washington as the selection because he's a Georgia <laughs> Bulldog. Fair. And That's because, a good point. And I'm serious about this part. Brian Gutekinds has a strong tendency to swing for the fences. He doesn't take the safe pick he doesn't take you know uh on the move the stick podcast daniel jeremiah always talks about how teams just need to you know take a double like hit a double it's it's always just get on base and then take the safe you know take the double you're gonna you're gonna score points right baseball analogy brian gudenskunst has not really done that he's swung big on stokes he swung big on jair alexander same thing with Rashawn gary jordan love like all the guys who if they hit they're gonna be awesome if they don't, they're going to bust. And I feel like Darnell Washington probably has a bigger floor, you know, that you may be happy with as a, you know, as what he contributes in the running game, but absolutely has a massive ceiling that hasn't been tapped as a receiver. So to me, I'm making that argument here that I feel like that's the most, it feels like the most Packer pick in this scenario. Well, we're going to ignore the fact that St. Louis Cardinals superfan Kyle just referred to baseball as scoring points. But Sorry about that. Well, <laughs> we'll we're, we're going to fast forward into the second uh, round. So we have right. Darnell Washington at pick 30. The Packers are also picking at 42 and 45 because we talked about the Jets trade. And these are options that are going to be available at both. So I need you to pick two from this list. Quarterback Hendon Hooker, wide receiver Rasheed Rice or Cedric Tillman. Tight end, Sam Laporta, Luke Musgrave, Tucker Craft. Interior offensive lineman, John Michael Schmitz, Joe Titman, Steve Avila, Cody Mauk. Defensive lineman, Keanu Benton, Edge, BJ Ojolari, Isaiah Foskey, linebacker, Drew Sanders, cornerbacks, DJ Turner, Clark Phillips III. And then some safeties, Antonio Johnson out of Texas A&M and Sidney Brown out of Illinois very rude to put Sidney Brown on this list because now he's going to go to the Bears because that's what happens when I like safeties. <laughs> and uh, looking at this right away, I mean, I think <laughs> if this is where the board's sat at 42, I'd be like, oh, let's trade back. There's some really great yeah. prospects here. Um, but if I'm forced to pick for the sake of finality and concluding this very long podcast episode, Um, I'm looking at Keanu Benton, I think, with one of my selections. I really like him. I think he'll do a lot for that defensive line room. 
And then to me, it's probably a toss up between one of the two safeties and Rasheed Rice, because we talked about it, I think, last week on the show that Rasheed Rice is just the most Packers pick probably available in this draft class. Yeah, I like that a lot. You know, I'm a big Rasheed Rice fan. I think Cedric Tillman obviously is interesting in the same range here. I think Isaiah Foskey is another name that the Packers might consider here. Um, but I mean, or you could, we could double dip at tight end, but I mean, I really think that you feel pretty good about the opportunity to add a wide receiver and someone like, uh, Benton is, I think an impact player on defense right away. Pick the wrong Wisconsin player. You pick the wrong Wisconsin player and I'm so frustrated. Joe Tippman is the correct answer. I know you love Tippman. You're ready for that. You're telling me that you feel better about the defensive line than you do about the offensive line going into... Oh no, but uh, <laughs> so I we can't we don't have time to get into this tangent, but like I I think you just invest in offense in this draft and yeah. you say, you know what, we have too many weaknesses to fill every yeah. single one of them. We're gonna give Jordan Love all of the tools we need to properly assess him this upcoming season. We don't think we're going to be a Super Bowl contender anyways, but at least we could have a really fun offense and then know if, if love is good or not. But yeah, I I really do like Benton too. I, I, I was mostly just, just teasing you. So what we came away with here, Darnell Washington, we came away with, was it Rasheed Rice? Was that yeah. the pick? Rasheed Rice. So two fun weapons for Jordan Love, check and check, and then defense lineman Keanu Benton to fill in. And guess what? The Packers are going to have... Uh, at least two first-round picks next year and potentially a third with the Jets. So uh, good work, GM and uh, fake Milt Hendrickson. (laughs) And uh, I did want to do one really, really quick thing because we will not be on until the first round is finalized next week. So please, you know, stick with us and and, uh, hang out late or listen to us super early in the morning next Thursday. I just wanted to see... Do you two have a prediction for who the Packers' first-round pick will be next week? I actually really think it's going to be Miles Murphy. And if it's not, like, if he's not available, I would bet my very meager life savings that it's a uh, an edge rusher. That's just, it's such such a Packers move. That's a position they value, premium position. There's a lot of depth there, so edge rusher. Yeah, I feel like that makes a lot of sense. Actually, Miles Murphy was the name that I was going to say. So I'm dig- <laughs> I'm digging for an alternate here. Um, I do. I feel like Miles Murphy makes a ton of sense. I think the scenario where they get a second round pick from the Jets allows them just to take the premium position edge rusher, maybe offensive tackle. But every year we say that this is the year that they're going to take a tackle high. And every year they find a good player later. And I feel like that's just kind of something maybe we need to accept that like, offensive tackle is a premium position but the Packers are just so good at finding them later that they're just not going to take them early now now this year will be the year that they actually take one <laughs> but Miles Murphy I think uh, Van Ness makes a ton of sense uh, for them there's I think I think we have to seriously consider that they want to trade back it feels like all the players that they're bringing in are guys that are going to go between 15 and 25 and honestly play into kind of our scenario here maybe the Eagles situation is a little bit you know dreamy like getting that extra first round pick but i think something like trading back to like 25 right in front of dallas who wants to take a tight end like maybe that's where you see them pick uh they pick up an extra second round pick and you know have some fun with that but i do i think miles murphy makes a ton of sense maybe lucas van ness yeah i said on packs which he said that i have changed my mind about who the packers are going to pick like 10 times in the last 10 days today i finally settled on it and i do think it's not going to be popular um, but I just I, something is telling me that like Michael Mayer is the guy. Um, and and I think, you know, that would have been a dream scenario 12 months ago, maybe even mm-hmm. nine months ago, that Mayer would still be around when the Packers were picking. Yeah. Um, there's just something so solid about him. And maybe it's not at 15. I, I would love for the Packers to trade down, as we've been talking about. Um, and and accumulate extra picks and still be able to get a guy like that. But maybe it is at 15, and um, I think he is a good enough prospect and, and kind of being slept on a little bit in this this process. So we will see. All right, we've got to get out of here. We've went on way too long. But I want to know, you guys, if who is the prospect, not who you would hate because that's no fun and we don't want to traumatize ourselves, but who is the prospect that you can see coming out of left field, not necessarily that you would hate, but like no one's talking about, that you're like that. I can see that as a realistic possibility. 
That's a good question. I, I just don't see anyone being available, I guess. And like, I guess if the Packers were to like trade down into like maybe the early twenties, like I, I think Christian Gonzalez is gone, but I think corner is like a sneaky Packers pick. It's a premium position that we know they value a lot. Maybe like a Deontay Banks, like a really freaky athlete in the twenties. You stole my name. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I think that like, I think Packers Twitter would just be so livid if we mm-hmm. have another corner off the board, but it just, it makes, it's a, it's a Packer move and you don't know like how Eric Stokes is going to look coming back. You know, Jair is an all pro when he's really good. And I think you think he's going to be at his best. Rasul Douglas had some tough moments in 2022. So like, yeah, corner would be the pick. Andrew, yeah, what do you I have? think I, I mean, most of Packers Twitter today uh, was answering this question and they said Brian Brzee. And that, that's exactly what I said on Pax, what she said, that that would be a nightmare pick for me. Mm. Um, not that Brian Brzee couldn't be a great player in the NFL. He's just screams Taven Bryan to me where like he'll flash and and then you line up at the end of the year and he had two big games and the rest of the year was just super average. Mm. And um I guess the other answer that's probably a little bit more in line with what you're thinking for me is Darnell Wright. I, I yeah. think he tested great. I just didn't see it on tape. Mm-hmm. And and stiff tackles make me very nervous because, you know, if you don't have that flexibility, there's a lot of things that can go wrong, um, you know, in your development process. Mm. Yeah, well, Matt, I set myself up because I wanted to say Deontay Banks. <laughs> Just feels like the one that would come out of left field that no one would see coming, but kind of screams Packer in a lot of ways. Um, but I mean, the Keon White one, I think is that's kind of like mm. the nightmare scenario. And I don't want to say that because then now it's going to happen. But I, I thanks actually, a I, lot, Kyle. Yeah, yeah, it's my <laughs> fault now. Um, but I, I went back and I watched him and I liked him better the second time. And I'm like, okay, I can see it. I know people like Dar- Daniel Jeremiah have like talked themselves out of how much they liked him at the beginning of the process because they haven't heard other people say that they like him as much as they did. So there's some people who think really, really highly of him. So I could see that being kind of like the left field pick that, you know, maybe the Packers are that team that really, really like him. Um, but man, I, other than that, like it is hard. Brian Brzee makes a ton of sense. Um, outside of those guys though, like it feels like we have a pool of players here that we understand, like this is where the pick is going to come from. But as soon as you feel that way, then you get a Quay Walker, you get a Devontae <laughs> Wyatt, and we have no idea what's coming on. So uh, I think it'll be a really fun one to watch. But I feel like we have a pretty good understanding of who the Packers are going to generally have their eyes on in this one. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, sorry we went so long today, folks. But uh, this is obviously something we are super passionate about and really excited to to be talking about. This That is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packaday Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit. You can find Maggie at Maggie J. Loney. Make sure you check out Pax What She Said. You can find me at Andrew Mertig. Please subscribe and consider giving us a five-star rating. You can catch Kyle, Maggie, and myself every single Friday. Next week, we will be back to cover the first round of the 2023 NFL Draft. Thanks so much for listening. And as always, remember... happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. 
Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.